Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm Carter. You're watching Coffee Break, and I'm here with Carrie Smith. Hi, Carter. There she is. It, it was delayed. I pressed it, and there was a moment where I was unsure that the software would be cooperative. I'm playing around with my camera settings. I'm in an undisclosed location today, and this light is very bright. Is the location from 1987? Yes. Based on your camera. <laughs> oh, the camera? I thought you meant the... Uh, oh, no. Possibly childhood. that also. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> it does remind me of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was your weekend? Uh, Good. It was all right. Uh, yeah, I've got a little bit of a stomach bug right now, so I'm not feeling super hot. So I apologize for my uh, probably less energy than normal, which is tough because I'm not the energetic one usually. But uh, but I'm okay. I'm feeling feeling okay generally. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. It was very good. Uh, I just want to remind people before I forget, book club coming up on May 2nd, which is a Sunday. And we're reading fiction this month. We're reading Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's a Sunday, May 2nd. You still have time to read it. We, uh, You can go to unsafespace.com, the book club page, and find out more info on how to join. You don't have to be on camera. You can just be in the chat if you want to. And then we have our retreat, unsafe, our very first unsafe space retreat coming up in August. If you're interested, there's very few spaces left as far as I know. So you should go to unsafespace.com. Possibly none, but maybe one. I don't know. Well, that's for the all-inclusive for rooms. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of day passes. There's though. plenty of day passes. Yeah. If you want to come on down and get your own accommodation, maybe you can find it for cheaper and stay nearby. You can come down and get a day pass. There's plenty of those. Anyway, it's going to be in August, and you can get more info at unsafespace.com retreat. And if you are in the Austin area this coming Thursday, August 15th, no, April 15th, April. no, yeah, April 15th. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> April 15th, I'm going to be hosting, a uh, co-hosting a discussion with my preacher at the Church on the Square in Georgetown, Texas. That's on Thursday from seven to nine after a film screening. We're watching a documentary called um, Why Beauty Matters with Roger Scruton. Why Beauty Matters? Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it, I think it'll be really an interesting talk afterwards and everyone's welcome to come. So that's all. Cool. Everyone's going to fly to Texas now. <laughs> I can't stand this light. Ah, uh, how, how, what else, what else is going on, Carrie? How else are you doing? <laughs> You're tired. Well, I, I just got this cool book. I know, I know I'm late to a lot of things. So I'm sure some of you already have this book and know who this poet is, but I didn't. Anthony gave me this book called The Gift by this Persian poet, Hafiz. Havis? I've never heard of it. Hafiz. Okay. He, he wrote these poems in the 1300s. And they're, some of them are really quite beautiful, but they're also really funny. And it just, it just reminds me that sometimes I, I think I still get in this place where I, I, for some reason, have these arrogant views about what people were like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Of course, they had a cutting sense of humor and a silly sense of humor like we do, you know, but well, I was I mean, surprised at Shakespeare, right? I mean, yeah, duh, right. But it still kind of blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. When did he write these 1300s? This is a very good book. If you like poetry and a sense of humor, I would recommend it. Um, cool. But anyway, that's kind of cool. And then 
in terms of things in the news, we should just have a section that we just get through real fast, like things that are outrageous. <laughs> outrageous stuff in the news. That section, we do have that section, and it lasts for about two hours. Oh, my gosh. Did you see <laughs> that Patricia Cullors, one of the founders of BLM, Black Lives Matter, bought a $1.4 million home in Topanga in Los Angeles? And Topanga is a very white this is a woman who's told others, first of all, an avowed Marxist. This is why this is important, because I don't begrudge anyone's success. It's not no, that. I think people should buy million-dollar homes. They, they should buy million-dollar homes. It's the yeah. fact that she she's an avowed Marxist and preaches against capitalism, and she bought a $1.4 million home in Topanga. She also tells people to buy black you know, and to support black neighborhoods and businesses. She bought in one of the whitest places you could buy. And then it came out, well, this is the fourth home that she's bought since 2016. She has three other homes around a half a million each. One of them is a big private ranch in Georgia with a its own airplane hangar. Wow. <laughs> so Marxism is very profitable for those who at the top. Hey, Marx made his whole life on Marxism. Like he had a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, he couldn't make any money, but... Um, now, I just want to, I'm not sure, but isn't, Topanga is on um, the, it's on the Tongva tribe's land. Oh, is and it? I think, <laughs> I think if she, uh, if she's really going to be, adhere to the principles of leftism, I think that she should bequeath her new house back to the indigenous people. She should recognize that this is stolen land. Topanga is, is land stolen from the indigenous Tongva tribe. And uh, get rid of it. Am I echoing suddenly? I'm echoing suddenly. I don't know why. Maybe just Not with in me. my own ear. All right. I just uh, sent you an, an image that's kind of fun. We could put this one up full screen. <laughs> <laughs> put this up. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Okay. And somebody else took, I didn't send you this one, but somebody took the Black Lives Matter logo and they changed it to uh, buy lots of mansions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. The thing is about this story, again, I don't, I don't disparage capitalism and I don't, I no longer confuse it with cronyism and corporatism, which I used to. And I think a lot of people on the left do. You've helped me with that. And I also, I don't begrudge anyone's success. I'm not one of these people that's like, that's too much money that you've made in your company or your idea or your project or whatever. Can you put it on the whole screen? That's yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but she is. They do that. So this is rank hypocrisy. And on top of that, it's con artistry. It's like saying that you believe in something and making money off of that and then proving with your behavior that you don't and yet you're not even buying black you know so this is the new york post for anyone who's just listening and not watching it's new york post cover page and it's got a picture of patricia it says black lives manners <laughs> <laughs> and they have all four of them 1.4 million four and a half thousand five hundred ninety thousand and five hundred ten thousand yeah so not bad not bad the grift the grift is strong with this one yeah yeah. Did you did you know? Hey, I'm gonna try something with my light real quick. Okay. okay. 
By the way, people in chat, can you tell me if there's an echo? Because I'm really annoyed by the echo in my ear. And if it's just me, I'll move forward and just be annoyed. As long as you guys aren't annoyed by it. We're just going to leave it like this. I hate all of, I hate all of this light today. Now that I'm in my 40s, I need a nice soft light. Use some Vaseline on the lens. Yeah. It's all good. Everyone's saying there is an echo. It is confirmed. Are you wearing earpieces, Carrie? Or are you, or am I coming out of the speaker? You're coming out of the speaker. Do you want me to get my earpiece? That's earpieces? why I'm echoing. Okay. Yeah, you got to put an earpiece in. Just entertain everyone. I'll tap dance. Oh, you know what? I'll give new. I have news that I'm willing to share that you already know, Carrie. But I'm. We. It's time to share it with the world. Are you ready? Carrie doesn't care. She knows news already. All right, she's thumbs upping me. Uh, we're pregnant. I'm super excited. We're having another. We're having a kid, and uh, we waited until the second trimester to make sure that things were kind of still good. All's good with the baby. We're very excited. I should have brought. Uh, I don't think I have a censored version of the uh, ultrasound like that doesn't have the hospital name and stuff like that, which I don't want to put publicly up. So I I won't share that right now. But uh, yeah, we're super excited. I'm I'm super excited about it, and uh, I've got a lot of work to do the next <laughs> few months. <laughs> Woohoo! So I didn't know yeah. you were gonna share that. I was trying to. I was wondering what's he sharing. That's what I'm sharing. Awesome. We, we wanted to wait until uh, we wanted to wait until the the second trimester, and we did barely. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about it, and we're due in October. So, are you going to have a gender obfuscation party? <laughs> we should. <laughs> it is currently undecided gender. As far as we know, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. This is what an undecided gender is. It's when you don't know yet. It's we have uh, Schrodinger's gender right now. We have to open <laughs> the box to look. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my wife has been, man, this has been, it's been a really, she's been sick like every single day, all day long. It's been really tough on her. So uh, I'm trying to like, not be the lazy ass husband that I normally am and try and help help out a little, <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, oh, I'm so excited for you. So, yeah, I'm excited as well. So by the way, that was one of the when we were planning the retreat, <laughs> I, I told the team internally because we're trying to plan on dates. And Beverly was like, how about like, you know, just just wait and do it in the fall and like, like September. And I was like, I can't do it in September. And she was like, all of September? What about October? I'm like, I can't do it. And I can't do it in the fall or the winter. <laughs> I can't. So I had to kind of tell her because she was bugging me about. Aww. What kind of a jerk are you that you can't do it at all during the entire fall? I was like, well. That's, that's I'm checking fine. out. There's a lot of people in chat today. Hello, guys. They're very excited about your news. <laughs> Aw, people were saying, well. oh, that's so nice. I love being a dad. Uh and there's like a 12 year difference between the kids. So it's going to be, I my sister is 13 years younger than me. So one of my sisters, so it's a big, it's a big age gap. It's going to be interesting. Um, so yeah, Somewhat. that's my news. So the world is burning around us. 
but I am yeah. bringing children into it. Yeah, uh, because something beautiful. I yeah, I do think. Uh, a, by the way, for single people out there, I get it. Not everyone wants kids. That's cool. I have friends who just you know they've never had kids, and that's that's fine. They don't want kids. I get it. Uh, but I will say, man, it is the best thing in the world to be a parent. I love being a parent and, um, all that stuff that your single friends tell you, that's like, oh, you can't go out. You won't be able to go clubbing on Friday night. And like, it'll be so horrible. Like you don't want to do any of that. It stops instantly. It like, it just stops. I don't know anyone who has a kid that's like, I really miss clubbing. I mean, there's probably some douchebags like that, but most people don't want to. I think this is an interesting conversation because I was just talking about this. I know. I also know friends who don't want to have kids. That's fine. I'm not judging them at all. And I didn't want kids for a long time. And, um, and I think some people are, are being very responsible also when they decide I would not be a good parent. I should not be a parent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, there are some people who, who say I don't want kids, and I say I agree with you. <laughs> right, and I think that's very responsible. And however, there's also this this I don't know. I think I wonder how many people are choosing not to have kids because they themselves have went through some kind of trauma or for whatever reason are emotionally stunted and are some are kind of like children themselves still. Cause I think I, I felt that people, probably, I, yeah, I felt that way. It was sort of like yeah. when I look back on it now, I realize, Oh, probably the reason I didn't want kids then was because I was a child and I wanted to keep being a child and childish, you know, I'm not saying that of everyone who chooses that. I'm just saying, I wonder how many, and I know um, there's a group, uh, <laughs> these former friends of mine who are deep into social justice um, who within their friend circle, they, they don't just, it's, it's not just that they don't have kids. It's not that they don't have kids. They are anti-kids. They're the kind of yeah. people who post memes, insulting kids. They say things about how they don't want to be on flights with kids. They're just really kind of contemptuous of children and of people who have children. And they have this very anti-child attitude and they post things about how much they love animals so much more than people and, you know, whatever. And within their friend group, they've had three suicides in the past five years all in the same wow. way. And I just think it's, I don't, I, I, some, I was just thinking about that. I don't know if there's any, obviously any correlation or anything, but there's some kind of trauma there maybe with some of these people that's just unresolved. That's, that's led to this resentment of children because they themselves feel like children. I don't know, but I don't think it's a healthy way of living to have that kind of anti-child. You can, you can decide that kids aren't for you without, harboring some kind of hatred of people who choose to have them. That's not very yeah. healthy. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Cause there's also, there's also a kind of almost, I, I want to say liberal, but not in the classical liberal sense, but like it's like left leaning globalist uh, snootiness about children. Yeah. Um, Right where they're kind of like, well, the the world's overpopulated. It's not this. It's not this overt, but there's kind of like the sense of like, well, we've talked about it with respect to actually the environmentalism and the attitude behind a lot of environmentalists. Right? There's there's what there's a healthy form of environmentalism, which is humans need a space to thrive, and that space should be 
conducive to the thriving of humans and we need to take care of that space. That's like a healthy environmentalist attitude. But there's an environmentalist attitude that's like humans are a virus on the earth and the earth is pristine and lovely yes. and humans are horrible and we hate them. And that attitude, it's not just in the radical earth firsters. It's also in, uh, I think it's bled to some to a lesser extent into mainstream elitist culture where there's this kind of attitude that like, well, people kind of suck. So why would I want to bring more people into the world? Um, right. The world is kind of crappy. People kind of suck. People are viewed as a liability. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I don't like a lot of other people's children. <laughs> like a lot of times I'll see a kid in a restaurant or whatever, like, ah. right. That's not yeah. bad parenting. It's not like I don't like the kid. Like it's just the kids misbehaving and they're annoying and it's because yeah. they're being parented poorly. Um, but, you know, people are, and this is one of those, I think it's one of those litmus tests for how, what kind of person you are, whether you view people as fundamentally as liabilities or assets to the human race, yeah, like other people. And I view people as assets, like to, they're assets to humanity. People are good, not that they're good people. Some people are bad or do bad things or whatever. I just mean they... The problems that humanity's fate that humanity faces will be solved by people. Like people will solve those yes. problems. And the problems that we are having today, we just don't have the right people yet. They haven't we don't haven't had people that solved them yet. We need more people. Um and we need people that are raised well, uh and and think for themselves. And so I don't know, I also think it's Aside from me just liking to be a parent and wanting kids, uh, I think it's one of the most. <laughs> I think it's one of the most pro-liberty things that you can do, if you want to keep the torch of liberty going. Have children, teach them to think independently, uh, teach them to be, um, to respect individual rights, and like they will, you can pass the torch on to them. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you can't because the other side, as much as like the elites are, oh, we don't like kids. They still have kids because they're hypocrites. Um, like and, the mansions. <laughs> right. And uh, the the NPCs are prolific breeders. Many of them. Some of them aren't. There's groups that aren't. Yeah. But some of them are. Some of them have a lot of kids. Like you can't. It's a numbers game at the at the end of the day, like you can't, if you don't have, if we're not around in three generations, how do you expect to live? How do you expect Liberty to survive? Yeah. Like there's not, you're not going to have someone who's a third generation commie decide like Liberty is a great idea. I mean, unless communism is actually implemented and then maybe they'll be like, wow, the surviving ones will realize that it sucks. And maybe let's try this new thing you know. called Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> We've it's been scrubbed from the history book, so it'll be rediscovered as something new. <laughs> right. They'll have to rebrand it as like uh I like if we could just rebrand free market capitalism as like the people's socialism. I think it could do we, we just people, need a new yeah. a label for it. Yeah. Um anyway. Well anyway, I'm very excited about your news and thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So now we can talk about crappy crap going on in the world. Yeah. Crappy crap.
Uh, hey, there's more protests in Minnesota. In, in, uh, Minnesota. Did you see that? So, no, tell me what's happening there. I did see there's protests, but I don't know how, if it's related to the trial or not. It is not. I, I assumed it was going to be related to the trial because, you know, yeah, uh, the trial itself is actually interesting, which we can talk about a little bit. I haven't paid too much attention to it, but um, it's just one of those examples, just as a sidebar here. The Chauvin trial is one of those examples in which uh, I'm really glad that the default position that we usually take is it looks like X, but there's a process that we should like withhold judgment about things because there's a process. I, I and I think I said this on the show at the time, I was appalled by the video of yeah. uh, George Floyd's death and it looked a hell of a lot like he was being murdered, right? Like mm -hmm. he was neon neck. Okay, that's that's all true. Um, but there's a reason why we have trials. There's a reason why you don't just pick up a gun and shoot the, the guy right there. Uh, there's a reason that you have a trial with evidence and you actually try and come to a conclusion beyond a reasonable doubt. I've just paid attention to this trial a little bit and the defense attorney showed different camera angles. He showed camera angles from the body cams of the cops and it's not clear, like it kind of looks like actually his weight is on the shoulder, not his neck. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not super clear. But it's a doubt and it's like oh that's interesting not something i considered maybe perspective makes it look a little bit different um also some of the there are some weird assumptions about like oh we're assuming that he spent 50 percent of his weight on each leg the whole time and that's probably not how you would do a control move like a compliance move like that you'd probably plant yourself on the ground with your left leg um if you're using your right knee and adjust the pressure with your right knee as needed um so it probably wouldn't be 50 50. Uh, there's all the drug stuff like fentanyl and meth, not much meth, but fentanyl in, in his blood. Now, I'm not saying that all those, there's pills. I didn't realize this. There was pills with George Floyd's DNA in the squad car. Like well, he had taken pills while he was in the back of the car briefly before he was, or well. tried to or whatever. I don't know. Um, so there, there's just, I'm not, I don't know the answer. I'm not saying I'm sure it was this or sure it wasn't that. But I am looking at it going, oh, this actually is more complicated than look at the video. Isn't the video outrageous? Right. So here's There's actually complication here. Here's what I have heard about it that two two friends who I trust have been following it closely. They said that if you watch the actual trial footage, yep. that the defense is doing an amazing job. And and if you were rating it as someone who's watching it every day, you know it looks like the defense might win there, you know, that they might come out triumphant. But if all you were watching was the mainstream media, the, the legacy media's coverage of the trial, that the, the legacy media is presenting a narrative that the prosecution is doing the best job and that he, and that he's guilty. And so if this is true, if my friends, two friends perception of this is true, then the media is presenting the opposite narrative and there's going to be an expectation on behalf of the public that he uh, will be found guilty. Therefore more riots. If he Therefore, if he's not found guilty there, the media is sort of setting us up for even worse. They've already said they've promised they will be burning buildings down. There will be riots and protests, but the media is sort of adding gasoline to the fire 
by presenting what my friend says is a very, the very opposite perspective of what is going on in the trial. That if you're watching the trial every day, the defense is doing the better job. That's what I would have heard from two people I trust. So uh, maybe yeah. people in the chat have been watching it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I just, I, the little bit I saw of the defense attorney, he was, he was okay. Uh, and he was doing an okay job. It, and it's not that there was no smoking gun that like, oh, obviously this isn't, you know, manslaughter, but it was, I thought of, you know, just a little bit I've seen so far. And I thought, well, if I'm on the jury and I'm being asked to beyond a reasonable doubt convict now, you know, there's. They had experts talk about the fentanyl thing and say, well, you know, he had built up a tolerance, so what's lethal to you isn't lethal to him. And and it didn't look like he was suffering from these problems with fentanyl when he died. Like he wasn't having the breathing problems that he would normally have if he was going into a coma first before death and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, there's counter evidence to some of the evidence yeah. that I'm talking about. So that's why I'm saying it is, it is complicated, but... Yeah. Uh, you're right. The narrative is just cut and dry. It's yeah. done very clearly. The narrative murder. is guilty yeah. murder. Um, Can you move your camera so that you're there? You go. Is that better? Yeah, beautiful. That's actually that takes care of part of the light problem, right? Yeah, <laughs> Carter. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Yeah. So, so anybody, somebody, but the riots but, are not about Chauvin's trial right now. No. Um, well, tell me, I want to hear about those, but just quickly on the trial, Daniel Keene, oh. this is not a super chat, but Daniel Keene mm -hmm. in chat says the prosecution's medical experts testified that if they hadn't seen the video, they would have said that the death was the result of an overdose and fallout zone says the prosecution seems like they want to throw it or they're just that bad. So wow. they seem to have, those two people seem to have the same per perception of watching the trial footage makes you think that the defense is doing a better job. But yeah, I just, oh. I have a, a concern about, ex you know, managing expectations. Sure. And what happens when you've built up a certain expectation in the public, when the media has built up a certain expectation, and then if it doesn't go that way, what's going to happen? Right. But, Maybe a more responsible mm -hmm. thing to do would say, well, look, guys, you know, the standards of evidence are very high in proving this. And, yeah, you know, here's here's some counter evidence that can be used to kind of say it wasn't that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but media is they're not going to do that because they'll get criticized for doing that, because um, as we know, merely bringing up facts that are counter to the accepted narrative can get you labeled as uh, a wrong thinker or a hate monger or whatever. So the media can't even say, well, here are some mitigating facts that could be used in defense because they'll just get people will pile on them and say, how dare you say there's any, any how dare you say there are mitigating facts, yeah. right? It's, it's like they're being pushed by, um, no, I'm not trying to excuse the media, but th there's that, there's that radical leftist cabal or the narrative of the radical leftist that's getting pushed. And, and even if you were a media person who wanted to do something else, you'd, you know, you'd oh, get in trouble. They you'd, are, think about the way that social justice cultists are um, 
shamed online, just people who are not in the media, just regular people. There, they, there's a lot of social pressure that not to say the wrong thing, not to ask the wrong questions. And it's a cult. You're not supposed to ask questions and you're not supposed to question the narrative that's being pushed. And journalists are people too. They're in that echo chamber too. They have that same social pressure from among their peers not to challenge the narrative. Probably higher. Higher because they're journalists. Because their peer group is 100% crazy. Journalists in quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I saw Joy and Reed. Well, tell me about these riots first, and then I'll talk about this. But Well, I just – the riots – so I assumed, as you did, I was like, oh, did something happen with the Chauvin trial? Um, no, nothing's happened. Uh, there was another guy. His name is uh, – Dante, D-A-U-N-T-E, I think I'm saying that correctly, Dante Wright, uh, a young black man, and he was killed by police, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday, the other day he was killed, I don't remember which day it was, and there were, there were riots because of this, because, that. so the narrative is, the narrative is he was pulled over for a routine traffic stop, and because he got in the car to drive away, the police shot at him and shot him and he drove for a distance and crashed and died because he had been shot. And he was with his girlfriend in the car at the time. She ended up talking to like the guy's mom ended up calling and the girlfriend like answered or something and said he was been shot and blah, blah, blah. And so there's a lot of drama and there's, there's interviews with the mom being upset about this. And it's, you know, it's 20 years old. Um, and you have a lot of people saying like, how dare they do this? Blah, blah, blah. Now the police are saying, well, there's warrants that he, he had warrants issued against him. For there was a warrant. I was outstanding warrant. Um, and people are saying, well, come on. His warrants were like for drugs and trespassing and that's not a big deal. Uh, I would agree. Those aren't big deals. They're called misdemeanors and they are indeed misdemeanors. Um, however, one of his warrants and I'm going to, the caveat here is I did not look this up. I'm seeing it being passed around and it I have looked up cases in Minnesota before and this looks like it's it's a it's a good uh I guess it's a good forgery if it's not real <laughs> but I I think this is a real I think this is real this is as far as I understand correct no one's disputed this but um here's the warrants that he's got outstanding the very first one <clears throat> aggravated robbery in the first degree that's a felony. This matters for a minute. I'll tell you why. That's a felony. Now, I know a lot of people conflate the words robbery with burglary or theft. They're not the same thing. Robbery means that he used force, force. or intimidation with force. Like if you're, if you're gone on vacation and someone steals stuff from your house, that's burglary. It's not a robbery. It's not violent. It's not, I mean, ultimately it's using violence against you, but it's not, legally it's not considered using force against you. You weren't there. If you're home and they come in with a gun and point it at you and say, give me your TV. I guess that's an 80s thing. Who would steal a TV now? Give me your iPhone. Uh, <laughs> then um, that's robbery because they're using force. Or they hit you or whatever. That's, that's robbery. So he, the... The charge against him was aggravated robbery in the first degree. Now, that is a violent charge. And I don't know about Minnesota in particular, but I do know other states. Cops are allowed to shoot fleeing felons 
if there's a if it's a if it's someone who's got a felony for a, a violent felony and they're fleeing cops are allowed to use force up to deadly force in pursuit of that person fleeing so again i'm not even saying <laughs> i don't know that that's necessarily right although i could see the argument for it but that is the law in many places, and it's probably the law in Minnesota. I'm not sure. But if it is the law in Minnesota, like it is in most other places, the cop actually was within his rights to do that. So blaming the cop, yeah, you know me, I'm not a fan of cops very much. But blaming the cop here is like, okay, well, this is, this is kind of what he's supposed to do. If you don't like the law, you need to change the law. Well, um, that's sort of like the uh Derek Chauvin thing you know from from what I understand the prosec the defense the defense is is arguing that the force that he used was what he was trained to do and if that's true that if that is if that is what he was trained to do then you have to go after the people who train that force if you, you know if you disagree with it it's it's like you can't I, I don't I don't think you can find someone guilty for what their job is telling, you know, change the law. So they're not allowed to use the knee to hold someone down instead of being told to do that. Yeah. And, and I I'm mean, not a, if you're yeah. going to have a police force, you've got to like you've got to have the procedures that they're think you can't hold them accountable for following the procedure. Like if they don't follow. The, sorry, you, you can't hold them accountable for stuff that happens when they follow what they were supposed to do. Like that's like, I can hold them ethically and morally accountable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about legally. Yeah, exactly. I'm just making that distinction for people. Cause I, I've already in my head, I can hear what people are saying that, but legally sure. you can't hold them accountable under the law if that's what they were trying to do. But yeah, morally you can say you should have not, you should have chosen not to do that personally as a human, you know, if cops right. are sent one day to confiscate our guns, you know, we have to make sure that's that is not possible. But, you know, if they change the law where they say they're allowed to do that and they're required to do that as police officers, how are you going to legally then go after those cops? I can morally and ethically say what you're doing is wrong, but right. legally I can't hold them accountable if the law right. changes. If we're going to have a, law, a legal system and we're going to have police officers to enforce it, then following their rules should make them immune from getting yeah. in trouble. Like they're following the rules that you, you made. I do agree morally. I, I do hold cops accountable morally. I hold everyone accountable morally. I mean, you know, it, this is one of the reasons I could never be a police officer among others. But when I was young, I did. When I was young, I wanted to join the FBI. I was a big, uh, I was a big X-Files so fan I. and I wanted to be in the FBI. I wanted to because I was F sure that the truth was out there. I wanted to um, join the FBI and also work with animals, so I only wanted to solve murders that had to do with animals. <laughs> you could have been in like a canine unit. Do they have a canine unit or the, a pet detective? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I did not. One of the re one of the reasons I didn't though was because I realized that I would be asked to. So when I thought about like, oh, I get to go after murderers and and child kidnappers, and like, okay, all that stuff's good. I, I like I want to go after them. Uh, but then I realized like, oh, I would also have to go after like marijuana rings. I don't, 
I don't believe in using force against people. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't do that. I can't in good conscience enforce those laws. And I don't have a I don't have a choice as as an FBI agent. I would not have had a choice to say uh, these laws I'll enforce and these I won't. That's just not a choice I would have. So, um, by the way, interesting world where you actually give people that choice. That would be an interesting world as uh, where you you give officers that choice, but. That's not the world we live in. So, um, so yeah, I, I I couldn't do it. So I do hold them accountable. If you're if you're an officer, you have decided that morally the laws you're being asked to uphold are are just. And if you're wrong about that, you are culpable morally. But legally, yeah, in this case, and and I, you know, someone I saw someone in the chat saying, "I'm not sure cops can shoot people that are fleeing." I think Carter's wrong. You're wrong. Cops can shoot fleeing felons in many places. Violent felons can be shot in when they're fleeing um, in many places. I don't know about Minnesota, but in many places, they can't shoot you if you're fleeing from a warrant for a misdemeanor or anything else. But if you're fleeing from aggravated robbery is a big deal. It's a That's yeah. not a little robbery. Aggravated first degree robbery is a big deal. It's a violent charge. So, yeah. The other thing they're saying, because I was looking up the story as you were telling me about it, is the cop is saying, or, or at least the sheriff is saying that the, the cop intended to use his taser gun and made a mistake. And actually on the video that you can hear him saying, oh, S-H-I-T, I shot him. And and they are saying he should be fired if he made a mistake that grave, which I I don't disagree with. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he should be fired. Um. <laughs> that's a separate thing. It's another reason why I absolutely hate tasers. I, I hate tasers. I don't think cops should have tasers. I don't why? I think like because they because the muscle memory of drawing a weapon from a holster and firing is identical to a taser. I mean, people try and position them on different sides of their body, but when you train drawing like it's so easy to make a mistake. And you know, I people look at them and they're like, well, they're totally different. How can you make that mistake? If you've never been in a situation where you've got a lot of adrenaline and it's a life and death situation, like it's hard to understand the like stress that happens mentally and that your your perception changes and like it's 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 not an easy thing. To so be you're in, saying so. if they didn't have them at all, they wouldn't be trained to use tase and they wouldn't make that mistake of of they would right. be he more. He wouldn't be reaching for his belt to draw right. something because he doesn't he would... have it. He yeah. would always know that what's in his hands a gun, yeah. and he would treat it with more, uh, right, hesitancy. Yeah, or or you could have a some police who only ever had tasers, um, and I would assume that they would need to be accompanied at all times with people who had actual weapons. Um, but so some some who are trained on tasers and some trained on guns. I just I just think it's dangerous to mix the two. Um, yeah. you know one of the one of the principles basic principles of of training is like try and keep things simple. Uh, and it adds a level of complexity that requires decision making that's not, you, you know, usually it's a, like shoot, don't shoot decision. You can you can make that a little bit more complex. But if it's it's very uh, it's totally understandable to grab grab the wrong thing. It totally is understandable. Um, so if that's what he did, he should probably be fired. But I also feel bad for him. Um, that sucks because he probably feels really bad about it. Yeah. Um, do you want to get through some of these super chats before we get too far? 
Yeah, someone just told me to read this, so I'm going to read it out loud. Tennessee versus Gardner. It's a U.S. Supreme Court 1985 decision. A Tennessee, this is just the syllabus. A Tennessee statute provides that if, after a police officer has been has given notice of an intent to arrest a criminal suspect, the suspect flees or forcibly resists, the officer may use all the necessary means to effect the arrest. Um, authority under the statute. Actually, I don't even. This isn't helpful because I don't know what the. Oh, the Tennessee is unconstitutional, and so that's far as it authorizes the use of deadly force against, in this case, apparently unarmed, uh, non-dangerous fleeing suspect. Force is not necessary; can't be used unless it's to prevent the escape and the officer's probable cause to believe the suspect poses a significant threat of death or serious physical injury to the officer or others. This is specific to, but this is for a crime that's not. This was a burglary. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, this actually doesn't clarify it for me. I see this decision. I also see a lot stuff online that says absolutely they are allowed to shoot fleeing violent felons. Um, so I don't know if there's been preemptions to this or if this is a very narrow ruling because it's about uh, warrants issued for nonviolence because uh, this was burglary. I'm not sure. I didn't, I'm not going to read it all on the show in real yeah. time. So, okay. Yeah, let's do some super chats. What do we got? Um, dun, dun, dun. Rebrand capitalism as happiness enhancer. That's a great idea. That's a good name. Uh, I thought that's they what they were calling the, the vaccine. Happiness enhancer? I'm kidding. They're, they're calling it the beautifully tested, definitely works, you should take it thing. Um, can, can I say something I about the vaccine? Yeah. I know there careful. are some... Susan's okay, I, no, yeah, I'm not saying anything that she's going to be upset with. I, I know that there are some people who are uh, opposed to vaccines and uh, some who are just opposed to this vaccine who I guess are kind of judgy and sanctimonious and and but I don't know that many of them. I know they exist, but I don't know that many of them. Most of the people I know who are choosing not to take the, this vaccine are sort of live and let live. It should, it should be personal choice, like any drug, like anything you're injecting into your body. And they don't feel a need to go out and convert others. Most of the ones I know. However, a lot of the people who are taking the vaccine are very preachy. It's not enough for them that they've decided to inject themselves with a new relatively untested mRNA vaccine, uh, which by the way, you can't sue for if there's any problems with it. Um, it's not enough that they've decided to take it. They have to preach to you about why you're not taking it. I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your health. I'm concerned, you know, or even worse to call you names and, and try and insinuate that you're stupid or you're dumb or you're uh, a Trump voter, which a lot of the people I know who are not taking the vaccine, maybe it's just me, they're on the left. Some of them are Biden voters. They're like hippies. <laughs> some of them did not, some of them voted for Trump, some voted for Biden, but they're hippies. They're on the left. So it's this weird sort of judgmentalism that's coming, I think, from some of, some of the people, again, not all, some of the people have chosen to get it. And I just don't see that same, I don't, I don't go up to people who've taken it and, the, and there are people in my family who've taken it. I don't tell them, like, I'm worried about you. I'm concerned about you that you chose to put this in your body. I don't do that because they're an adult and I trust them 
to make the decision they think is best for them. Unless they come to me with questions about what I think, I don't go to them. Oh, I'm so worried about your health. Why would you put that in your body? Have you read this study? What about this study? You know, I'm not doing that to them. So I just don't, I don't understand. Uh, I guess I do understand the sort of judgment. Well, the justification is that you're hurting everyone else because you're being selfish and a jerk. Well, but when they couch it in, but I'm worried about your health, that you're not taking it. Uh, I'm doing just fine managing my health. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm not coming to you and saying that same thing. So can you show me that same respect? Like, (laughs) I have concerns that you took it. I just don't share them with you. Yeah. Because you're an adult. (sighs) Anyway. Yeah, the other thing that's happening, which is annoying, is that anyone questioning the COVID stuff is getting lumped into the anti-vaxxer camp, and they're not all anti-vaxxer people generally. Like most of us who are choosing not to take it, I think we've had other vaccines. Right, that's what I'm supposed to say. Like they have, you know, they get their polio and rubella and mumps and all that stuff. Chickenpox now, I guess, is a is a common one. So um, it's a little bit disingenuous to do that, but that's what they're doing. Um, yeah. All right. Next super chat uh, is a sticker from Roger. Thank you, Roger. Uh, Mickey the Fourth says George Floyd challenge. You try and convince people who think Chauvin is guilty to take the George Floyd dose to prove that it isn't fatal. Again, <laughs> he had a tolerance, Mickey. I get it, and it's funny. Uh, but he did have a tolerance, right? So Charlie Sheen can do a hell of a lot more cocaine than than I can, right? Because the guy's got, allegedly, I don't want to get in trouble for saying anything about a celebrity, but like, you know, the guy's built up a tolerance, right? Uh, or uh, or what was it? Uh, was it Scarface in the end of the movie? Was that the movie where he had the piles uh, of yeah. cocaine, right? Like the guy had a tolerance. Quite um, a tolerance. Yeah. So George Floyd, the guy had a tolerance. Uh, that he had built up, built up. Adam Coleman says, I feel bad for the innocent people in Minnesota who are at the mercy of the devilish. Congrats, Carter. Thank you, Adam. Uh, your books are in the P.O. Box. Carrie, check your email. Oh, oh I will. you wrote a book, and he's sending the books. Cool. Yeah, he's sending. Uh, that's Adam. His, his book is uh, from Black Victim to Black Victor. We've mentioned it before. Oh, yeah. that one. Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Uh, Rodzilla says... You do not understand what unconditional love is until you hold your first child. It's just not possible. It is kind of a transformative thing. Uh, It is kind of a transformative thing, Rosilla. And I will say that I think part of the problem in the West is, uh, I I don't, this is going to sound weird. I think there's a lot of middle-aged women who don't have children and have taken all that motherly empathy that they don't get a chance to like coddle their baby with and they've placed it on immigrants or causes abroad or whatever other perceived black people which is very condescending uh and like some some perceived big victim class that they can take care of and coddle because they're not taking care of and coddling that's probably some horribly sexist thing to say but i don't care i think it's true I'm going to do one that's on screen because I can read it. Pirate Tomsky. Thank you, sir. I wore the cap you gave me yesterday uh, or Saturday. It says, I took the vaccine for health reasons. I am increased risk. I took it for my protection, not other people. Take it or leave it. Personal choice. Thank you, sir. I know that. I know that most people taking it are probably like you. I just seem to hear more 
I just I'm just hearing in general more of the uh, the judgy people coming yeah. from the s people who have taken it. But uh, yeah, I do know. I, 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 I will. I mean, yeah. And if I were in a different uh, risk category or something, I might consider it. But I'm not. And again, yeah, I had a conversation adults. with an older friend of mine and I was like, dude, you're in a little bit high. Like you're a higher risk category. Like you should consider it. Like, yeah, I think he's I think he's going to take it because, you know, yeah, maybe there's I don't know. When I look at risk. it, the risks are heavily on one side. And that's why I made the decision I made. <laughs> By the way, I've been not telling this story because we weren't telling everyone that we were pregnant. But when we were at the doctor's office like a month ago. The doctor was like, and just to just to be clear, you can totally take the vaccine. It's completely safe for pregnant women. By the way, be careful what you say <laughs> now, Carter. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? Show me the longitudinal studies that have been. Oh, oh, there aren't any. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the idea that she would say that with such conviction, conviction, like like it's fact. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind. I mean, she could have at least said, it's probably fine. These, you know, these are the risks that we think yeah. it is. It's a lot of pregnant women have taken it already. You should weigh the risks. It's, you should probably take it. Like she could have made the, you should take it argument. But the way that she said it was just like, it's completely safe. Lie. <laughs> it you is, don't know you that. don't know that. There is no possible way to know. It's just impossible to know. You don't know that. You, you can't know that. know that. I just. Uh, okay, I'm going to read this one on screen. Super All fun right. Bob. Super fun Bob. Thank you, sir. Says 20 for doing the work. <laughs> I am most bothered by the anti-anti-V because they would burn down the world in ignorance to force others to comply. I'm allergic to a vaccine for an outbreak in my area, but still anti-anti are more dangerous. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the people who are trying to push it and insist that we all take it. Yes, they would burn down the world in ignorance to force others to comply. Yeah, yeah, they would. There's a lot of authoritarians who jump. This is, you can be an authoritarian in any belief system, but the COVID, COVIDian belief system is a, the train's being driven by a lot of authoritarians right now. Except for the individualism belief mm -hmm. system. You can't be an authoritarian in that. That's true. Not, true. You can't. It doesn't make sense. Uh -huh. Cheeky Mayor, thank you, says, I have pointed to your mask mandate pro-choice article to several on the left, several of the left-leaning people in my life. Very well written. Thanks for that. Thank you, Cheeky Mayor. If you guys, we don't talk about our articles enough, but uh, if yeah. you go to unsafespace.com, you can find a link to all of our essays on Medium. And uh, I have a one there that's called, it's about being pro-choice and, and, and pro-choice uh, in an intellectually honest, honest and consistent way, which would mean if you're if you're pro mask mandate and forcing people to wear a mask, there's no way you're pro choice. I don't care what you think. You're not. You need to call yourself something else when it comes to abortion. Call yourself pro abortion. That's that's more accurate. But you're not pro choice if you're for a mask mandate. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. So anyway, thank you. And uh, Thomas St. Thomas has a new essay up on our medium page as well. So if you guys go over there, you'll find it. Yeah. Another one from Pyro Tomsky. He says the media can't back down from the narrative that they've set. Otherwise it proves how full of shit they are. <laughs> he didn't swear, but I did. He, he wrote S star, star, star. 
yes, that is true. Johnny Boy Quickdraw says, Carrie, the pet detective, Ace Ventura, look out. Yeah. That's your next career. I basically envisioned that job before it came to life in film. <laughs> I, I saw myself like Sherlock Holmes with a look, a little, uh, what do you call it, magnifying glass, looking at elephant poop, like, and the killer is. <laughs> I, I was trying to envision what that job would look like. <laughs> nice. Uh, Liberty Solutions. Uh, oh, he's he's quoting the SCOTUS uh, Tennessee versus Gardner which I, I read earlier, but I'll read again. Ted, deadly force cannot be used against a fleeing suspect unless the suspect poses a serious threat to the officer or others. Um, yeah, again, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they can't shoot fleeing felons, but if he's in a car and he's got a violent felony warrant, the car probably counts as a weapon. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I, the officer could argue, I think he poses a the serious threat to others. He, he's like a violent felon who's fleeing in a car. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, although if he meant the taser, then he meant the taser. Zach Adamson says, I believe the vehicle counts as a weapon in this situation. Oh, there you go. There's Zach. Uh, G-Man says, the risk of having to wait in line with a bunch of SJWs far outweighs the benefit of the vaccine. <laughs> just imagine the conversation you'll have to overhear <laughs> the virtues not conversation empty virtue signaling as yeah. people tell you about their beliefs jason or uh christ says something here um which is a, a good point x-raying pregnant bellies was once considered safe yeah that is true it was it was considered safe uh so was thalamide uh pirate tomsky says carrie smith uh, he's got a, a word <laughs> title for you. Carrie Smith, Poop Detective. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering why that was your um I was wondering why that was your go to pet detective story. Of what I um, imagined it would be like. Weren't you in science class where you had to take apart owl pellets? Dissect them and that, no, okay. No. Someone says Carter, we're glad you didn't go into law. I don't know if I wanted to law, I would have the answer more clearly and correctly. I would be <laughs> great at law. I have a very logical mind. Uh, I just don't know all the contexts and stuff, so I can't give you good legal answers. I'm a decent contracts lawyer, actually, just because of experience. Uh, all right. Why bother says my body, my choice. I don't really have a burning desire to run to test a vaccine on myself. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Hey, my wallet, my choice. I don't have a burning desire to pay taxes. So I sent you an image I wanted you to put up, if you have a second. Uh, let me pull it up. This is uh -huh. this is a this is a tweet from a member of the media, a journalist, a respected journalist in the legacy media, blue check mark, esteemed. Esteemed journalist. Esteemed is a good word. I like that word. All right. Uh, here is the esteemed. The esteemed. Can you put it on the whole? whole yeah. 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 Hold on. Okay. The esteemed Joy Joy Ann Reed. And by the way, she's got in her profile picture now on Twitter. She's wearing a mask, of course. Virtue signaling. Joyless Ann Reed. And her, she changed her Twitter name to Joy Ann Pro Democracy and Masks Reed. <laughs> Wow. So she's against two things I'm, or she's pro two things I'm against. 
<laughs> right. Can you read this for anyone who's just listening? The New York Times part. Well, then... she's retweeting a New York Times tweet, and the New York Times tweet says, "Breaking news: President Biden will create a panel to study expanding the Supreme Court. Oh God! In an effort to balance the conservative majority created by Donald Trump." And she writes, "As well, he should." Is that the right? Yeah, one? that's the one. Can you? I, this just. This just. I, I know they're crazy. Okay, I know they're crazy. <laughs> but th this still blew my mind a bit. I mean, they're insane. They're, they're willing to do anything, anything at all to get power. That's all they're after is power. They're willing to change the makeup of the Supreme Court, how many people are on it, and if they have term limits or not. Also, they can gain power without any eye towards the future and what this would do in the future. And, and is it actually good for our country to do this or is it just good for your political party right now? And will it always be good for your political party? What about when the other team uses it and then there's, and then you don't like the makeup then, or, you know, like I, it, it boggles the mind. What do you have to say about that? Uh, I mean, it, it, there's so much here. Like, I don't know what pro-democracy pro is just a horrible thing to start with. So I don't even know. Like, yeah, obviously she should, like, they, they just want power and they want power now. So, yeah, they're willing to, like, they're not long-term thinkers because if they were long-term thinkers, they wouldn't be leftists. So, like, of course they're not long-term thinkers. They're like, the ring is here. I can almost grab it. I need like, like that's that's what she's doing, right? Of course, they want to add people to the Supreme Court, um, you know. And will it always be good for Democrats? I mean, look, as far as the left is concerned, what's good for the left is good for the country. So th that's not a question that she would ask. Um, and you know, as far as like, will the right ever get a hold of things? Look, I think the left is appropriately. The left is appropriately uh, confident right now. Yeah. They they are going to change massively uh, immigration status, which will significantly benefit the Democratic Party, um, permanently uh, altering the political landscape in this country. They own all of the major media establishment, like the entire cathedral is is in their pocket has swallowed the the woke pill um so and, and they've got the white house and a majority in congress what the hell do they care of they, like why and frankly <clears throat> but it's such from their perspective why should they it's so crazy we're not a threat them, to them anymore it's so craven and, and and we being the american people are not a threat to them like, they don't care about the American people. They don't care what this will do to the country. They don't care about whether it's a good decision or not. It's just about power. Of it's course. just about temporary power that may not even last. But Well, I, I mean, I, they'll make it last. They'll, they'll switch it. I mean. They'll switch it again. It's not yeah. like they have one shot at this, right? They've, they'll do this over and over as much as they need to. And, and it's also, I mean. I, I know everyone, most of the people who watch our show know this, but they're such liars. Because do you remember during the campaign, 
the few times he was put on the spot, Biden was put on the spot about, are you going to try and expand the Supreme Court? He dodged the question. I think he may have even outright lied and said no. I can't remember. But oh, he, I think he, he would, dodged. I think he, he dodged. did not answer in the affirmative. And 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 they even, of course, you know this, they tried to make it seem like it was a conspiracy theory that we were saying he was going to try and expand the Supreme Court. Well, look what he's doing. Our friend Nicole the Mountain People posted a meme the other day. She said, uh, it said, hey, does anybody have any conspiracy theories? All of mine came true. <laughs> that is sadly accurate (laughs) anybody got a conspiracy theory i can take up because mine are all coming true (laughs) anyway yeah well uh actually there is one there is a conspiracy theory uh i can i can offer because (laughs) i saw this article today um the 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 idea that there's a lot of white supremacists in the country working on mass to keep people down and to so stupid voice their white supremacy uh that's a conspiracy theory and i want to can i just quickly share this article <laughs> yeah. with you? I, I i found this really funny <laughs> this is in newsweek it says i didn't know this was a thing apparently there's a group called white lives matter <laughs> right so they said white lives matter marchers despondent after a failure i was the only person to show up there's a whole article about how uh this these marches they were trying to have them all around the country and they were a bust like they got canceled no one showed up now the story here really is uh white supremacy is a boogeyman that we've manufactured and when they when the white supremacists try and hold the rally no one shows up because there's really not that many of them there's a few there's a few enough to post on facebook and start rallies they don't, but no yeah. one goes to the rallies like the, it's it's it's, such it's a crickets dumb, <laughs> it's such a dumb lie you know that's really funny because when i was thinking of i like to think of fun uh ways of of culture jamming you know the especially culture jamming the woke signal and I think I've told you, I've told you guys before, but uh, Black Lives Matter, the which again, it's mostly white woke leftists who are who are in Black Lives Matter in my town. All these white woke Black Lives Matter people go and sit in our town square two times a week, and they have a big BLM flag, and they have a table, and they try to sign petitions to get the. Uh, there's a statue there honoring veterans that they're trying to get removed. Um, but anyway, I was thinking of of yeah. So I was trying to think of ways to culture jam and I was thinking, well, uh, we could set up a table next to theirs. That's the truth about BLM. I had ended up, I decided against that. Cause I think that's, you're just oppositional then to what they're doing right. instead of offering something. Uh, here's a table about liberalism and individualism. Right. right? Um, but one of the funny things I was thinking of that's more of culture jamming, like trolling, was I was thinking of setting up a table that said White Lives Matter and with the White Lives Matter sign. <laughs> that would be so upset. They I'm would glad be so you didn't upset. because it's a thing, apparently. And apparently yeah. it's a thing. I didn't know that. But because uh, it's like the it's like the 4chan troll they did when they had the signs that said it's okay to be white. And people got so yeah. angry, and and uh, but they I couldn't articulate why they're they angry. 
they can't articulate why they're angry because if they're angry, it's like, wait, is it not okay to be white? And the same thing with, wait, do white lives not matter? Of course they do, right? Um, or we could be My really, we could be really funny with it. We could, we could rent like eight tables and set them up in a line next to theirs and have a white lives matter table and an Asian lives matter table and a, a Hispanic lives matter table and, and Indian lives matter and go way down the line and just be, and you have to come to each table. We're, we're all, Hey, we can't just do one that says all lives matter. That's wrong. But we can have all these. <laughs> Maybe you could pick on one group just for fun. We'll pick on Czechoslovakian lives don't matter. <laughs> just, name, just name one, like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> randomly pick one. Uh, yeah, we did that for you in the super chat, our Czech friend. Anyway. Yeah, that was why you're what made me think Mickey, of it. Actually. Yeah. Mickey, there you are. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Boy Quick Draw says, "Can we please stop calling them vaccines? The J and J lab is uh, jab is a vaccine." Uh, the others are better described as gene therapy and are 10 years short on testing. That's a good point. So Johnny Quick Draw, Johnny Boy Quick Draw was pointing out that the the other vaccines are this mnra mRNA yeah. thing, um, which is different than a regular standard vaccine, vaccine. like the Johnson yeah. Johnson vaccine. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people, one of the reasons that they have heartburn about these is precisely because... Uh, of the new quote technology, the new technology, right? The the it's the first mRNA vaccine. It's not even like mRNA vaccines are normal and we use them all the time and they just made a new one. It's the first one. So, mm -hmm. you know. But it's completely safe to take. Okay. Okay. Uh Super Iron Bob says I'm just in the mood to nod today. Super Iron Bob says suffer not the blue check to opine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Blackbeard says, congrats on Zemzer, baby. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'll fight in. <laughs> I, we have joked about the gender. What to call it, because we don't know. So we, we have joked that it's Zemzer. Um, I'll fight you naked. Says, just mentioned Tom McDonald to a lefty coworker and said, is that the white supremacist guy? I just facepalmed <sighs> and said, no, no, he's not. Look, should have just I said, yeah. No, I, I'll fight you naked. I, look, I've dealt with the same thing. I've I've mentioned it. Their propaganda is so effective. Isn't that amazing that you can ask someone who's never listened to this rapper or looked this rapper up? And and it's not just Tom McDonald. It's the same thing with um you know Ben Shapiro or whoever whoever it is that the legacy media has told them to hate. Ninety nine percent of the time, I would say, when I ask someone, <clears throat> someone, have you heard of this person? And they give me an opinion like that. And then I find out and then I ask, oh, what did you what have you read of theirs or what have you listened to of theirs or what did you watch? What lecture? They always come back with, well, I don't have to. I, you know, <laughs> they get really upset. They're like, well, here's an article in Vox about him. I'm like, that's an opinion piece about. Right. Why don't you go look at the actual original source material and make up your own mind? So ridiculous. <sighs> Can't do that, Carrie. Speaking uh, of uh, just for anyone who's new to our channel, if they're not familiar with this. You, when you we're we're making jokes about gender obfuscation parties, but this is becoming more common in the social justice left. There there have been several pieces now articles about um so young social Wait, justice. Is that a real thing? Wokies, yeah, they're calling them babies instead of babies. Oh, we're having oh. a baby. 
and they use the they use a non-gendered pronoun until the child is old enough to choose. So they are raising these non-gendered. Uh, they're not telling them if they're a boy or a girl. They're not telling them anything about their anatomy. <laughs> they're calling them uh, they or Z or Zer. Yeah. And <laughs> waiting until the child independent of social construction, right? Cause you're not going to be influenced at all by the, the fact that your parents call you mm. a baby and they, they mm. them, then they let you choose after indoctrinating you into that. Here's one thing I love about kids. They're not dumb enough to fall for that. Like kids actually aren't dumb. Uh, <laughs> they are actually this. Hear me out on this. Kids are smart and rational. Um, they are constantly looking for reasons why things are. They're constantly exploring. They're like constantly asking why and inquisitive. You have to teach them to be irrational and you like, and, and stop asking questions. Like you have to actually damage a child to have it turn out the way that most people have turned out. Like left on their own devices, they assume that the world makes sense and they're here to figure it out. And they're going to ask questions and try experiments and like, that's what they do. Uh, I They just don't have, they're hard to think of as smart because they have like zero knowledge about anything, right? Like yeah. they, just have, they just have no knowledge. So yeah. obvious things, it's, you know, it's like, oh, that kid's dumb because he doesn't know how to tie his shoes. It's like, well, like you couldn't figure out how to tie your shoes probably if like, no one helped you. Like there's, you know, you got to learn it. Uh, but they're, they're actually, I, I don't think those. I don't think kids raised in that environment will. I don't think it'll work. I think, I think the kid will be like. I think it'll work oh, for God. a short time, and then I think they're going to yeah, rebel but, hard, like Alex yeah. T. Keaton. Yeah. Absolutely. Chris uh, Scar says, "Go ahead." Mickey the fourth uh, oh. is on screen. Says, "Phew, close one." Luckily, there's no Czechoslovakia, so Czechoslovakian lives truly, technically, can't even matter because they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that as I said it, I was like, "It's probably Czech Republic," but Czechoslovakia is cooler to say, so I was just yeah. going to leave it there. But uh, so uh, we were right; Czechoslovakian lives yeah, don't matter, like Constantinople lives. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Chris Scar says, "Expanding the courts isn't actually bad. We have the same. We've had the same amount of Supreme Court justices for 100 years." The SCOTUS took one case out of 70. Um, that may or may not be. I think I could make an argument against that. I think they probably shouldn't take some of the cases that they do take. But um, the motivation is what's in question here. Right. Yeah. Also, when this he... is not like, hey, we should expand the courts because they're overloaded. This is we should expand the courts because Trump appointed too many people. Yes. Also, they're not saying let's create several Supreme Courts to handle the caseload. They're saying let's keep the one court and let's just add more members to it. So we get the it's just like that scene. Which will slow in, it down, actually. Which will. Yeah, they're still going to just that's not going to speed up their caseload because the court will still presumably it'll slow it down. Be taking. Yeah. The same number of I mean, cases. They're not making new courts. Right. When two people want to decide on where to go to, for dinner, it takes a certain amount of time. When 20 people have to agree on where to go for dinner, it takes a really freaking long time. Like, it's, expanding the courts is not going to make it the caseload go faster um, if it's just more Supreme Court people. 
in other words, so Liberty Solutions. In other words, they consider SCOTUS a tool for implementing a political agenda. Yes. And they are correct. It is a gang of politically connected lawyers. Right. Liberty Solutions not a big fan of the Supreme Court. Uh, and I tend to agree with him. Uh, Zach Adamson says they are not expanding. They are fortifying. The Supreme uh, Court. They're fortifying. <laughs> nice Excellent. callback. Nice callback. Yeah. They didn't uh, steal the election. They fortified it. That's right. Uh, Mickey the Fourth has. There's two more super chats from Mickey the Fourth. Wow. Says uh, one says, "I think one guy in England hired a plane to fly over a stadium with White Lives Matter banner, and he was banned for life from said stadium." Wow. <laughs> of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. But if it had said Black Lives Matter, he would have been heralded as a hero. He would be. Yeah, he'd be interviewed on the BBC. That's amazing. Um, Another one from Mickey the Force says, kids aren't dumb enough to fall for being genderless. They're smart enough to fall for being a plane. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll Fight You Naked says, how many serial killers will trace back to, to baby? <laughs> actually, yeah. that's, I mean, it's a silly question, but it's a real, like, actually, maybe. I mean, with parents like that, I don't know. Well, you definitely learn not to trust authority. You're going to come out of that household with a lot of trust issues. You're going to come out confused as hell. Confused. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing that you're not going to trust authority, though. Um, All right. I think we we made it through. We made it through Super Chats, Carrie. Yeah. I got I there's another thing I could talk about but you also sent me an image. Do you want me to put that image up? Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this on Friday cuz we had more of a existential, I guess, conversation. I actually loved the conversation on Friday, I but I realized afterwards it had nothing to do with current events at all. It was just That's a okay. conversation. Yeah. Um All right. Well, let's put this up. You can read it to everyone. So, this is from this past week and it was just again, they all you notice just like after January 6th, there was a spate of articles, just dozens and dozens and dozens, where they were saying Christianity has a white supremacy problem. Christianity has a white supremacy problem. And they all say the same thing. It's like the, the legacy media is a machine, and they just churn out the same uh, narrative at, at, from every mouth of the machine. So this is an image of a lot of different headlines from different articles. Um, oh, I think the top three are Yahoo, but still. The CDC says that racism, oh, that I, sorry, this is when I did a search specifically for Yahoo. CDC says that racism is a serious public health threat. Uh, here's another one. Biden's CDC director declares racism, serious public health threat. And the CDC director has designated racism as a serious public health threat facing Americans. So I just, I just wanted to ask the question. Now that they've now that this game has worked once, this uh, you know we've got a serious public health threat. We need to do X Y Z. We need to limit your freedoms. We need to restrict your freedoms and um, and take away some of your rights for the public good. Now that that's been shown to work, and you were right, Carter. I was wrong. Maya culpa. At the I remember at the beginning of the lockdowns in March of 2020. I said, this won't stretch on for the, on for that long. And, and, and you know, and, and you said, Carrie, once the government 
has has attained more power over the people, they don't give that power up easily. They're not going to give it up easily. And I was like, ah, I didn't believe you. You are so right. I've learned that. And uh, so now that they've seen that it works, that they do have this power over us. And so many of us, I know a lot of the people watch this show feel like that those rights and that freedom was taken from them. They did not give it up. But a lot of people gave it up willingly and became mouthpieces for the establishment and for tyranny and authoritarianism because they believed this BS public health, public good, public good lie that tyrants always use. So that game worked. Why wouldn't they play it with racism? Why wouldn't they now say racism is a public health threat? What do you think might possibly come out of this? <laughs> what are we going to have to give up? Oh, you're muted, Carter. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I've noticed something else. I I saw Biden do this during the campaign, and I meant to say something. I might have said something briefly on a show about it. I don't remember. But he made this comment about economics, and he said, I'm paraphrasing, I'm bastardizing, but the, the gist of it was, um, economics affects health, therefore it's a health care issue. Um, and what they've started to do, and they, and you can see them, they did it with racism over, I mean, we remember the George Floyd protests and the, mm -hmm. and the health care letter from from doctors and healthcare providers saying racism was a public health crisis uh, or threat the cdc and there, saying this and now and therefore with, you should be out in the streets protesting yeah and and this is this is a really um you can see you can see the authoritarian left on this they they noticed that health works as a they they've been trying to get something to get people to comply with their agenda and I don't know why it took them this long to figure out that it would be health, but they did. They figured out that it's health and they tried to plan it for a while. For a while it was, you know, save the planet. The earth is dying. So everything needs to, you know, you need to adopt our agenda because of global warming. And then it was climate change. Um, that didn't work. I mean, it got, you know, it got some crazy people to chain themselves to streets and things like that, but it didn't, it didn't get mass compliance and this worked. And you are seeing it roll out like the, the, the beautiful thing about this from like a Machiavellian perspective is everything is connected to health. If you're going to let connections be that loose, right? Yeah. Your wallet, racism, your feelings, uh, the price of cheese in Wisconsin, everything's related to health somehow by some, because everything's related to everything else. And Everything related to livelihood, your life is related to health. So literally everything is related to health. And this is their, this is their wedge in, and I am not surprised at all. And I think we're going to see that expand to literally everything. The price of something is going to be related to health. Global warming, they're going to take global warming and they're going to relate that to health. Everything's going to be related to health. They're just going to say it's related to health. Therefore, uh, you've got to comply. So um, it, it boggles the mind, though, as you're pointing out. This is the CDC. The Centers for Disease Control is making an announcement about racism. Right. And, and the biggest the way, disease is uh, critical race theory. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's what's that's what's also we're living in this upside down world, right? We do have an increasing problem with racism. We do. There is a growing epidemic in this country. And and you know what kind you know where where it's coming from? The left. It's coming from critical race theory. It's coming from social justice. It's coming from what they want to call anti-racism training. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what the CDC director means. They're pushing the same narrative that all of those critical race theory racists, the, the social justice racists are pushing, which is that racism is so bad in this country toward from white people towards people of color and we live in a white supremacist culture. They're pushing all those same lies that therefore we need this kind of racism. We need we need to reverse it. We need racism, but we need to change who's on top and who's being discriminated against. And because this false narrative that we've pushed, we've gotten you to believe in, and now we have to do this to correct it. Which by the and way, not, yeah. even if they, the narrative wasn't false, you don't fix racism with more racism. You fix it by ending racism. <laughs> you fix it with individualism. You fix it the way that it's been getting better for the last century right through individualist ideology has been helping end not over but it's been making it better it's treating people like individuals that message that everyone is an individual and deserves the same respect under the law and the same respect generally as a human that message is what has helped end or mitigate racism sexism all those other things uh you know uh, homophobia, all that stuff. That's what has worked for since forever. <laughs> like that's, that's the message. I mean, that was the, that's the message that, you know, um, Frederick Douglass used, like that's the message, right? And that's, that message has been working. They need to switch messages, uh, because it's working too well. They don't want things to be, they don't, they don't want success because Here's the problem. Marx predicted capitalism would die because the, the masses would rise up. There would be this class warfare. It didn't happen. So they need to figure out a way for capitalism to die somehow. Now, we're not actually in capitalism. We're in a, a messy, you know, oligarchy, <laughs> what kleptocracy. I don't know what we're in, right? But they need this to die to get to Marxism. And so they they're trying to figure out how to kill it because it didn't it didn't naturally happen the class war didn't naturally happen so they've got to figure out some other way to have it happen and this is how you do it right oh this thing that we were making progress on this is getting dangerously close to people not caring what color of the skin you have and like we're getting dangerously close hey there's a lot of people seem to be getting along this is a problem we need to fix it um and they fix it by you know abandoning the solution and replacing it with what they 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 would argue is a more enlightened solution, which is actually just uh, another another double dose of the disease in the first place. Um, I was just looking this up because I want to get the dates right, Carter. But yeah, I was I was listening. I had a long drive yesterday, and I was listening to this nineteen um, twenties radio station. They play a lot of twenties music, but they also play. Uh, a lot of radio programs from the thirties, forties and fifties, uh, the, the kind of before they were television shows. So I was listening to the Jack Benny show and a couple of other, and they do their own commercials. So, which is kind of funny and they do public service announcements and the Jack Benny show, the radio show it was, it was on from 49. So this was in the fifties from 49 to 1955. 
and they would it would it aired a lot of times on the armed services radio. So this was a radio program that a lot of people uh, overseas were listening to uh, in the armed forces. They had a public service announcement that Jack Benny read in one of the commercial breaks that was, it said, it blew my mind because he could have been reading it today. And it said something to the effect of America's enemies would love nothing more than to see us divided by race and religion and creed. And he, and he said, um, basically it was a call to brotherhood and a call to equality and to, you know, we're all brothers. This was in, now think about that time period. That was in the early fifties when there's a lot of, a lot of racism towards black people in our country. And he's making a message against it. And I was thinking Japanese had just been interned and Japanese had just been interned. And he's speaking against that with this public service announcement to the armed forces. And I was thinking how sad that fast forward all these years later, like all these years later, and you could, you could run that public service announcement again. And this time it'd be fired because this time it would be about critical race theory and about social justice dividing us. And, and yeah, it, it just struck me as like, wow, (laughs) some things change and some things stay the same, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they they needed to undo just like, I mean, yeah, it's a common, it's, this is a common government thing, right? When things are getting better, they need to rescue them and make them worse so that they need to like rescue them from being corrected so that they can have a problem so that they can solve it. They do the same thing with war on poverty, right? Go, go take a look at the poverty numbers. Like the poverty rate was like decline, 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 decline. We're on poverty. Like, you know, it was like almost oh, eradicated. Up. It was on its way. And like the government needed to step in and declare war on poverty so that we could bring it back. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the, the other thing that I'm, I'm thinking about with this COVID stuff is, or with the reaction to COVID is we have... I think an amazing thing has happened psychologically. Well, I don't know if it's happened, but it, 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 there's a discovery that's been made by the elites. And that is that we've reached a point at which most of the population will abdicate personal responsibility, um, like fundamental personal responsibility, and they'll give it to the government for them. Like they, they will self-declare, they'll identify as farm animals. Um, and you see this with like, one of the things they got away with here is this use of the word safe. I hear this all the time around COVID. Is it safe to do this? Is it safe to do that? Is that safe? Is six feet safe? Is three feet safe? How many masks are safe? How much hand gel do you got to slather on yourself before you do anything? Is that safe? Can we? Is opening schools safe? The name of this channel is Unsafe Space. You know what is an unsafe space? The universe. Reality is an unsafe space. That's what it life, is. Life. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is the the reality is unsafe. In that, not everything is one hundred percent safe. In fact, nothing. You can water can kill you. You need it to live, and it can kill you. Nothing's safe, actually. Nothing is guaranteed safe. Everything has a risk associated. By the way, you can actually drink too much water and kill yourself. Like, <laughs> there's, I, that's probably painful. Um, 
but nothing is actually safe. And it, as individuals who have decided to not kill themselves and remain alive in the world, we've taken on the responsibility to decide for ourselves, weigh risks. Is it worth stepping into the car to go to the store? There's a risk associated with that. Is it worth shaking this stranger's hand and saying, hello, he might have Ebola. It's a very small risk that he has Ebola, but he might he might have a new disease no one's discovered yet. Um, he, he might, might not have say, I like hand. the look of your eyes and give me a billion dollars because he's like, it, that stranger was Jeff Bezos and he's in a weird mood. Like, he might not have every, washed, uh, he might not have washed his hands also. He might not have washed his hands, right? Who knows? Everything has a risk. Everything has a risk, but with no risk comes no reward. So you literally can't live in the world without taking on some risk. You have to take on risk. You have to. So we've gone from a, of, of a population of people who are, who accept and understand that on a fundamental level. Yes. You know what? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive and I'm not going to wear a seatbelt. And you know what? If I die, it's my like, okay, like that's, that's where we've gone from a population that, that does that and makes their own decisions and people make different decisions to a population that has largely said, and you can see it slowly happened over time, right? Like we have lawyer warnings on the, we have legal warnings on buckets. I've got a five gallon bucket. I planted a tree out back this weekend and like I used a five gallon bucket to um, get some rocks and put it in the bottom of the hole. And I have one of these Home Depot five-gallon buckets. There's a warning label on the side of it about like, I don't remember exactly what it says, but it's basically like, don't put your toddler face down in the bucket full of water. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, we've it's like, gone. F- it's like the Gorilla Glue lady. Is this safe right. to put in my hair? You didn't tell me. <laughs> right. So we've gone, we've, we've become this culture in which we expect there to be an authority. Not... I'm not going to use the word authoritarian because we didn't expect authoritarianism, but we want Papa. We want an authority to take care of us to say, don't put that in your mouth. Don't use the bucket in this way. Do you know, the glue goes on the paper and not on the hair, whatever. Like we, we want some figure to be telling us how to live our lives, removing risk for us, removing the anxiety. Cause you know, you gotta make, sometimes you gotta make a decision about risk. Sometimes should you marry this person? That's a big risky decision. Maybe the answer is no. Maybe the answer is yes. You could make a catastrophic or wonderful decision either way. You don't know. You've got to make the risk. We are. We've become. We've become this. This. I think the government figured out that we've gotten to the point where, by default, we don't want to make the decision. We are afraid to take our own life into our own hands to stand up and say, I'll take the risk. I'll take the risk for my life. I'll make the decisions. I might be wrong. I'm going to make the decisions. If I'm wrong, I'll get COVID. And if I'm right, I won't. I'm going to take the risk. We've we've moved into this, this world in which most of us, by default, just say, whatever risk it is, it almost doesn't matter. We want to offload it onto someone else. And we are totally willing to be their pet in order to do it. So long as they promise to keep us safe and keep food in our bowl, we'll, we're happy. We're happy to do that. And the government, I think, has figured that out now. And they're oh, like, yeah. oh, great. It's health. Health is the thing you need. Okay. 
done. Health is yeah. beautiful because it's never 100%. There's always risk. It's going to be beautiful. There's always something to be scared of. Always. There's always going to be something. We can use that forever to do everything. Wow. G-Man gave us a big super chat, $100. My money oh, isn't wow. safe. It's covered in germs. Here, take it. Congratulations, Carter. This is earmarked <laughs> for diapers. How much to let us vote on his name? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it's Zer's name. Zer's name? Wow, what do you say? What's... <laughs> Zen. <laughs> That's really kind. Thank you, G-Man. Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, this, we haven't this... made the cloth versus uh, disposable diaper decision yet. Another decision we're going to have to make. What does the CDC say is safe? Maybe the government. <laughs> yeah, maybe there'll be a, a guideline, and the government can tell me exactly what I have to slap on my baby's ass. I do know uh -huh. this. I'm not a parent, but I know from talking to parents that they seem to change every few years what's safe and what's not for your baby. Have your baby sleep on their belly? No. Have your baby sleep on their back? No. Have your baby sleep on their side? Like yeah. just constant, you know, this is, I will it. say the second time yeah. around, I'm kind of like, yeah, it'll work out. <laughs> <laughs> like The first time I was like, oh no, I got to prepare the house. And then I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> so I sent you an image. Can you put this full screen? This, this, yeah. uh, Nicole of the mountain people, she's a meme queen. If you don't follow her on Twitter. Oh, is she? I didn't realize she's Nicole a was a meme queen. She is a meme uh. queen. Um, she shows a lot of fun memes like Lisa J on, uh, Lisa J creates on Instagram. Anyway, this is one she shared this morning, and it completely applies to what you're saying. It's a quote from Jim Morrison, uh, of Jim. all people. And uh, actually, I read the whole quote that came before this. He's talking actually here about people who put on a mask in terms of how they present themselves to you and and mm. who, who, who get so accustomed to the image they're presenting that they're fake in everything that they do. And, and right before this quote here starts that you can see on the screen, it says something about, you know, they become attached to their masks. Do you want and to read then, the quote? Yeah, I'm going to read it. So it's, right before this, it says they become attached to their masks. They love their chains. They forget all about who they really are. And if you try to remind them, they hate you for it. They feel like you're trying to steal their most precious possession. And this is an image of a flamingo a very colorful flamingo standing among many, many sheep. <laughs> and I just thought, what a great quote to apply to what's happening today. Not just because the line before it mentioned wearing masks, but you don't need that to, to take what he's saying there and apply it to, yeah, people love their chains. Some people, some people do. They love their chains. They love Papa, they love daddy, they love an authority figure, they love the government acting as God. They worship it. Yeah. They worship Fauci. They worship the CDC. They right. worship what the government tells them. They and, they so much want someone to tell them what to eat and 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 what to put in their bodies and what to do that they're willing to accept living under like living under daddy's rules. Like, okay, like I Think about a teenager or like a late teenager. It's like, okay, well, you can stay in my house. You hear parents say this, my house, my rules. You don't have to be in my house, but if you're going to be in my house, you follow my rules. We've got a population of people that's like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't have right. to pay rent. And you guys, like, I, you know, you buy my Rice Krispies for me. Like, oh, yeah. oh okay, your rules are fine. That's not living. That's no. a stunted life. That's not living. That's not how a human being thrives. Yeah. Um, and... 
And then there's also the people who are okay with it because they themselves have dark. It's not, it's not so much because of fear. Like, so some people I think love their chains. They love authoritarianism because they are so fearful. They're frightened little church mice. They're very, the fear and manipulation works on them, but other people love authoritarianism because they are authoritarians and they love it. They love society being controlled, even if they're one of the ones being controlled. These are the people who say things to you like, uh, you don't have a right to come out into public without a mask because you might get me sick. That's absurd. These, yeah. This you is have, the mentality of the... Yeah. yeah. It's absurd. There's the mentality because, of the people who like... There's, there's a certain type of person that if you say, would you like to make $100,000 a year, but this guy over here, your neighbor makes a million dollars a year, or would you rather both make 50K? That person says, I'd rather both make 50K. Yeah. That, it's that mentality. It's that like, mentality. They want, but they, yeah. And they also, they don't know what rights are. They get it completely backwards. In actuality, sir or ma'am, you don't have a right to tell your neighbor that they can't go outside without a mask because you're afraid of getting sick. You only have control over your behaviors. If you're afraid of your neighbor possibly having something that's going to get you sick, then you decide, hey, I'm in control of my body and where I go. I won't go where my neighbor is. I won't go without a mask or I won't do this. But you don't have a right to tell your neighbor he can't go to work because of your fears or your desire to control people or that he can't come outside without a mask or he can't provide for his family. And we saw so much of that. That became so rampant. I, there were people in my life I didn't realize were authoritarians until this COVID lockdown shit happened. And that, sorry, I cursed. It doesn't happen <sighs> often. Marie, Marie Busky, I'm sorry. But <laughs> until the COVID lockdown stuff happened, I did not, there were some people that I didn't, you, sometimes you can't see a full person until they're put under certain stress or strain. And, and then you see them in, a little bit fuller picture of who they are. And I was a little surprised by some of the people in my life that turned out to be authoritarians who love telling other people what to do and controlling them. And I don't want those people anywhere near me. <laughs> like, yeah. They're happy to be controlled if they get to be part of the control mechanism yes, for others. For others. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'll obey if I get to tell other people what to do too. Yes. Like, oh, okay. Like, yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. obey. Put me in the, you know, put me in the ranks. Yeah. Columbus um, NYC. Thank you. It's on screen. Uh, $50 super chat. Thank you. Says Wonko. Wonko the Sane from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has never made more sense. For him, it was the instructions on a toothpick wrapper. Don't ruin it for Carrie. I love that you're already uh, reading the book. I don't know what any of that means because I haven't started yet <laughs> myself. Don't be like me, guys. Be like Columbus NYC. <laughs> Start you, the book Colum now. Carter's just got to send it to me. That's why. I know. I, I got to send. I'm going to mail it to you today. I mailed it to Beverly. Uh, I, I'm the uh, I'm book Santa at Unsafe Space. So I got to mail. Um, why bother says, I think you have. I think that you underestimating children. I think that you're underestimating children's susceptibility towards indoctrination. We still have a generation of people who are believing in socialism. Religious indoctrination works the same way. That's true. So this is, I think, maybe in reference to the uh, you don't have a gender thing. Yeah, babies. I, I agree with that, except um, here's the difference I see between, I, you know, as an atheist, I agree that religious indoctrination works the same way, socialism. 
here's the thing with both religion and socialism and and all the all that kind of stuff. They're very abstract. They're very abstract concepts. Um, you, you're you're not a boy or a girl. We don't know what you are. You can literally do this. It's like you can go just look. You'll figure it out. Um, so I think it's hard. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe they'll be able to, maybe I'm totally wrong here and they'll be able to like convince them and we'll have an entire generation of, uh, people who are, they'll call themselves agender or non-binary or large empty rooms or dragon kin or whatever. Like maybe we'll end up with that. You I could think be it'll right, fall. I think but, it'll fall apart eventually though. Cause I think they'll, yeah, realize, I don't think we will. I, I agree with you. I think it'll fall apart. I think they'll, it's, yeah, at some point you want to just seek out simplicity and, you know, this, this new ideology thrives in part because um, we, uh, I, I don't know, sometimes we fall prey to looking back at the past, looking at tradition and calling things old fashioned. Oh, that's old fashioned. That's traditional. That's, you know, that, that there's value in being new and original and, and just sometimes for the is. sake of being, and sometimes there is, but not always. Right. Traditional things are not bad just because they're traditional. Sometimes they're traditional because guess what? They work and they've worked for many generations. That's why they're traditions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think at some point it'll be if, if this Thaby thing takes off and all this gender, you know, pick your own gender stuff that they're pushing and trying to say that every child has to decide. No, they don't. This is historically only affected 0.00 something percent of the population. And we're, right. we're saying that the re the other 99.9% .9 of kids have to choose their gender. They don't. But if it, right. it, at some point, if it, if it does become very mainstream, which it seems like it might, um, I think, I think that people will, it'll fall apart because people will want to get back to something more simple. Um, I also think it's just like, if, if, if you told a kid, we don't know whether you're left-handed or right-handed. Or here's a simple one. We don't know how many fingers you have on your right hand. That's up for you to decide. Like eventually the kid's gonna learn a little math and look around at the world and go, one, two, three, four, five. I know how many fingers I have on my right hand. But the, but eventually the kid's gonna look down and go, I have this dangling bit. People with the dangling bits are men uh i think i'm a man but they're trying to change all of that and they're also changing math carter you know they're saying two plus two doesn't equal five right i mean I four does it look at me two three two four racism two. no yeah. did you hear what i said i got it wrong Wait, what? by accident oh i did yeah i did anyway oh. never mind sorry wait wait say it again i missed it i'm sorry no because i'm not repeating something wrong again oh <laughs> Marie Busky, thank you, says, uh, Lordy Carrie, I just dropped my knitting needle. <laughs> I know. Laugh. And Pirate Tomsky says, square draw for Carrie? Yeah, sorry, yeah. guys, that slipped out. I'm sure it shocked many. It's such a shocking word. Johnny Boy, quick draw. Thank you, sir, says, Machiavelli would be ashamed. Take take the higher amount of money, and while your neighbor is enjoying his million, use your 500000 to plot against him. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected, Johnny. Johnny boy. <laughs> Thank and you. Super Iron Bob says old things are old for a reason. Yeah. They're right. old for a reason. 
Um, Thomas St. Thomas. I miss says, that one. I hate hearing people tell me be safe or stay safe at the store when I leave. It makes my soul cringe. I hear you, buddy. Me too. Um, although also, I hate when people say drive safe because it's grammatically incorrect. That makes my grammar soul cringe. Uh, I'll fight you naked says you can't end racism, Carrie. The work is never done. 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 No. The work, Carrie. It's is never, never done. done. Yeah. Zato like says, out. just want some. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I'm I still like reading super chat. Yeah. Should I stop? It's Keep going. Okay. <laughs> We're just having. It's a communication thing today, guys. It's okay. Zato says, just want some training wheels, even imagined ones. Why bother says, I think people trained in safe spaces and going into the real jobs are making the rest of the world even less safe than it already is um yeah probably um and marie busky says carter congratulations you just told knitters the most exciting news ever <laughs> are, we, are we going to be the recipients of lots of little uh booties baby things yes baby booties and bonnets uh <laughs> 2A self-defense law says what a day babies use of force expert on the chauvin trial or the Brooklyn Park officer using her gun and thought it was a taser. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of... I'm voting for babies on that one. Babies. <laughs> I... Sorry. Was there one other thing you wanted to talk about today? Only one. Yeah, let's do it. We have time. Okay. I, and then I have to take off. Yes, me too. But... I, it was just because I hate writing a thing on the sign and then not saying why it's there. So that's the word, personal. That's on the sign. Okay. Um, this is related to a lot of stuff we've talked about, so it's not profound or new or anything. Um, but you remember, you remember those bumper stickers and the kind of slogans that used to say, think globally, act locally? Yes. I was thinking, you know, and, really... and wait, wait, and the this may help where you're going. The feminist part of SJW, we had a slogan that said the personal is political. Oh, interesting. Uh, it doesn't actually. Oh, okay. Um, but that's okay. The the think globally, act locally. Nice little phrase. But as we've talked about before, I think a lot of the like I was thinking what made me think about this was the Minneapolis or sorry, the Minnesota rioting, the latest riots, and and actually paying attention to the Chauvin trial. And I thought, so many people not in that community are so wrapped up in what's going on in that community, right? Like, I get, I get that it could be bad or not bad or whatever. Like, I, I get there's issues there, but we're really distracted on what's going on in that community. Like that's that's really important, but you might live in Texas or California or New York and really what's happening in Minnesota, what, why is that such a big deal to you? And I was thinking about it and I thought, really what I want the phrase to be, if I could make, if I could rewind and go to the, I don't know when that was invented, the 60s and invent a phrase for people, maybe it was the 80s. It would be think universally, act personally. I think I think what we're doing is 
we've got angst and anxiety about the world. And most of that angst and anxiety is our own effing problem. It's our own issues. I've got, I've got issues. We all have like stuff to go on. Like we've all have issues that cause problems in our personal life, problems for reaching our goals or having the relationships we want or being the parents we want or just being the person that we want. We all have things that are stopping us and that, that are really uncomfortable to work on. But there are, but there are solutions. There's like uncomfortable solutions. It's like real work. Like you, it's like, uh, yeah, you got to roll up your sleeves and do the work that sucks and you don't want to do it, but there's a solution there. And instead you can distract yourselves with, is there systemic racism in Minneapolis police department? Well, first of all, uh, it's way outside of you. That's way outside. I mean, unless you're in Minneapolis in the police department, it's way outside of you. It's way not related to your life. It's way easier because there's no actual solution. All you have to do is bitch and moan and burn things and, and throw stuff around and whine and, and write articles on Medium and tweet. And you can feel like you're making progress towards something. But what you're doing is just avoiding making the actual progress available to you in life, which is work on yourself. That's where, that's the battle to fight. That's your battle. That's, this other stuff isn't your battle. Your battle is you. And, and that battle sucks. I don't want to do it. I would rather bitch about Minneapolis uh, or whatever. Like personally, it's, it's way easier. But if we're going to, if we're going to do the big things that we talk about, which is show people that individualism works, maintain the torch of freedom and build a community based on individualism, we have to be the best people that we can be and getting distracted. Um, I don't know. I'm starting, I'm starting to really question how much time the average person should like, we've chosen to do this show. So like, this is our job basically if we got paid, uh, <laughs> like this, this would be what we're, what we're doing. Um, but, like, how much time should the average person really be concerned about some issue eight states away and crap going on? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just focusing on improving as a person, your own personal issues, and the people around you, the local people around you, like your family and your friends. That's what it means to do something. I think that's the battle to fight. Like, the battle to fight isn't, we don't all need to write Jack Dorsey and tell him that he's a woke bastard. We all need to like be able to talk to our neighbors and our friends and our loved ones to be able to get past the issues that we have so we can connect with them and show them that it's it's okay to be to be free and to make those decisions for yourself about what your own personal safety and to let other people make bad decisions that that's okay and it's actually preferable and that people are you know people deserve the respect uh of of being allowed to make mistakes and to be themselves, to show people what it is to be an individualist, not a narcissist, not, you know, not someone who's uh, <laughs> just a solipsist to like totally focus on the world own, you know, worldview, but someone that says, look, 
I'm going to live my life. I'm going to let you live your life. These are universal principles that I'm going to stick by. These principles matter, and this is why they matter, and this is how I'm going to implement them in my life, and I'm going to do my best to live by them. And when I fail, I'm going to first work on fixing myself. I'm not going to spend my time yelling about something eight states away. Um, and I don't know if there's really anything more to that message, but I would like, I would rather have think universally, act personally, I think is a much better mantra than think globally, act locally. That's all. I agree. Okay. We can Periferous end. Rex says, oh. I saw an article advocating the use of terms, the people with a penis and people with a vagina. They've come full circle back to men and women, question mark. Yeah, we have terms for those. <laughs> <laughs> they want to say that it's it's part of, uh, yeah, it's part of what they're doing with obfuscating gender, though. They've been doing this for a while uh, to women. They, they've they started, the ACLU has done this. Uh, some of the uh, uh, Tampax, and I, th I think it was Tampax, some of the, the products for, for women for your period have done this on their Twitter feeds now where... Um, they uh, uh, refer to women as menstruators or right. people with a cervix. And oh, oh, who else did it? The not the World Health Organization, but oh, the United Nations did it. They also called us something like Was that. Was that the one? one? I know. I, yeah. I remember you <clears throat> having some article about that. They, yeah. They keep in mind the reason they they prefer people with X organ or Y organ to men or women is they are religious in their belief that there is no difference between the sexes at all there is no difference so it's like saying a person with a blue scarf and a person with a green scarf the scarf's irrelevant people are identical that is their the, well and it's also it's religion. also because they're pushing that the false idea this idea that anybody is who what they say they are even if biologically they're not and that we have to they, well, that's why they they well, can, I, can i finish that's why they repeat so many times stuff like trans women are women trans women are women and they do that repeating thing on twitter they they say people with a cervix because they want us to believe that men and women can both have a cervix and men and women can both menstruate and so therefore we're not going to say women because that's exclusionary because there are some biological women who've now decided they're men and, and who might menstruate. So we have to say people with the cervix. So we're inclusive of men and women. Right. But that's because that biologically they believe there is no difference between sexes. Right. Like they bio, they believe that there is no difference. Therefore we're all just people. And you could be a person with a cervix that declares to be anything you want because your gender is merely a declaration or an identification that you decide. Um, and you just happen to be a person with a green scarf or a person with a blue scarf. And there's no difference between those people with different color scarves. Like that's how they view the biology of it. They, they view it as like, I, I think I relayed the story um, a couple weeks ago, but like I had this argument with an ex-girlfriend who went ape shit when I mentioned that there was like, personality differences on average between men and women because she was uh at the time i guess she was ahead of her time she had <laughs> was like very adamant that there was 
absolutely no difference except for boop, just happen to have the cervix just happen to have this item just happen to have that they're they're complete it's so anti-science and so stupidly cultish um that that's why they get really angry when you when you when you question the most outlandish most outlandish cultural or cultish beliefs that's when they get angriest um and that's one of their most outlandish outlandish beliefs is this like zero difference between the two zero there's zero difference it's just it's just like an aesthetic thing that has nothing to do with anything it's nothing um did we have any more super chats? If not, I wanted to end with a poem. Uh, we have one more from Cheeky Mare says, I saw my first IRL pronoun name tag at doctor's office. We like as a name tag that said, my name is Bob and my pronoun is, you know, Dragon Slayer. What is, was it, was that the, is that what you saw Cheeky Mare? That's pretty crazy. So this is from the book I mentioned at the beginning. It's just, just a little treat. I'm so oh, used to yeah. spelling yeah. that word instead of saying it because of my dog. <laughs> this is a little T-R-E-A-T for everyone. Uh, the Gift by, I might be pronouncing it wrong, Hafiz. Hafiz, Hafiz. Uh, this Persian poet from the 1300s. This is called Two Bears. <clears throat> Once after a hard day. Wait, put yourself back on screen. Oh, I'm, I want to see what you think of like the like a cool presentation. I'm like, no. Okay, once after a hard day's forage, two bears sat together in silence on a beautiful vista, watching the sun go down and feeling deeply grateful for life. Though after a while, a thought-provoking conversation began, which turned to the topic of fame. The one bear said, did you hear about Rustam? He has become famous and travels from city to city in a golden cage. He performs to hundreds of people who laugh and applaud his carnival stunts. The other bear thought for a few seconds and then started weeping. Isn't that yeah. beautiful? That's yeah. exactly what fame is. I think it's oh, a, it's, yeah. it's yeah. He, it causes the bear to weep to think that his friend is in a golden cage performing <laughs> for laughter and applause and yeah. treats. Anyway, uh, Greg the Baritone really says, now I'm going to have to make myself tear up. Hold on. <laughs> I have some water. I, can... I don't just... I'm it's very such... touched by this. this uh, some of the poems, they're just very surprising where they go. And and yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm having oh, a lot I, of I wasn't surprised by that one where it was. Oh, Probably okay. because of the nature of our conversation. I was like, oh, that's like, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Sense. But out of context, maybe I'd have been surprised. But, you know. No. All right, Carrie, and everyone. Um, I guess we will see you. Oh, we have a show coming out on Wednesday, right? Your conversation with uh, I no, thought our Leon, conversation Leon, with Leonidas is coming out. Leonidas on Wednesday, right? Johnson will be out on Wednesday. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that one's going to come out on Wednesday, and um, yeah, and I'm going to later in the week talk to. Uh, thanks, Beverly. <laughs> Beverly is advertising the censored T-shirt. Um, so appreciate it, Beverly. You can get it uh, in the shop for anyone listening on safespace.com in the shop. I didn't yes. even know we had that shirt. Awesome. Uh, I vaguely remember <laughs> that we had it, but, uh, thankfully Beverly is here to save the day. Um, 
yeah, anyway, so that's coming out on Wednesday. Uh, check it out. I think it's premiering at Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, if I remember correctly. But I could be wrong. It could be one. Beverly can yell at me. But whatever. You can go check it out on the YouTube channel. We uh, have book club coming up on May 2nd. If you want to join oh, us again, mm-hmm. you can go to unsafespace.com to the book club page. It's free to join and participate. This month we're reading Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And there's information on how to join either live on video or in the chat on May 2nd, if you want to be a part of that discussion. And we also have our retreat coming up. It's our first ever unsafe space retreat. It's in Texas at a fabulous, I guess, ranch, a big ranch. And it's in August. And you go to unsafespace.com and find out about the retreat as well. Thank you guys for tuning in today. And Carrie will bring some Vogon poetry to read. Uh, I'll bring I'll bring this book. There's a lot of fun poems in here. No, Vogon poetry for the uh, book club, though. Yes. I don't know what that is. You'll, okay, you'll, it's. All right. I'll talk. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>